0: I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that... uh,
1: Apart and fail, the service is the worship. So let the will of the Most High prevail when you do it with all your heart and prosper. Do it with just a part and fail, the service is the worship. So let the will of the Most High prevail. The harvest is plenty, the fruits are ripe and drop. Uh, too many distracted By the rat race to the top uh, But I and I optimistic Said John don't make no mistake Ooh, yeah. Confident in all we do and say Cause I and I trodden it the most high way When we do it with all our heart and prosper do it with just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the Most High prevail When you do it with all your heart and prosper Do it with just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the Most High prevail Some people want destruction of their enemies so that is when they activate Orchestrating Visual strategy Motivated by hate The soulless lay in wait A generation of vipers Plotting to constrict the flow So I and I must know When to let go And just do it with all your heart and prosper Just a part and fail, the service is the worship, so let the will of the Most High prevail. When you do it with all your heart and prosper, do it with just a part and fail. The service is the worship, so let the will of the Most High prevail. Secure right strength and wealth And overcome the pressure with laughter When I do it with all my heart I prosper Do it with just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the most high prevail When you do it with all your heart and prosper Do it with just a part and fail The service So, let the will of the Most High prevail So, let the will of the Most High prevail So, let the will of the Most High prevail
2: We'll have our
3: quarrels And you will upset me But what can I do? fled from the light Seeking refuge in the dark She's a lock from the ox Spitting lyrics from the heart it, brainwaves stay connected, and her meditation skills keep her traveling through the stars. Came from the ether, destination unknown, flown from outer space where to ancient people were grown. Shown the truth, since the youth and the roots show the proof, opening pathways like the Father Eshu. Like that boot camp, sheet, a strange wonder, ascended to the heavens from the land of down under. Trying to figure how to reunite her people now asunder She devours these alliances to stave off her growing hunger Her number, the two stands for ever growing wisdom She is the moon, heed the sun, overstand and make the cycle one You could catch a politicking on the streets of Mecca Then she rest in Ile Ipe to recharge her bio essence We'll have our quarrels And you will upset me But what can I do? one is when she broke the earthly terrain Born with two falani earrings in a pocket full of chains. Plus with the voice, that's the sound, to behold She broke the mold, renewed the old Turned the microphone to solid gold Spoke with the elders before she left the home planet And they told her Not never to the craft if you understand it Remember the four facets, they will carry you far Not for you to be a star, but a preserver of art Part human, cause the body she inhabits A goddess, cause she carries bloodlines of the immortal status Like Gladys, took the midnight train to Georgia Seeking up the ground like old Moorish explorers The forest of knowledge was barren and weeds were taken over She took a seed from her magic bag and planted it a foley clover A lotus flower grew from mud at the riverbanks The people start rejoicing on their knees, giving thanks We'll have our quarrels And you will upset me But what can I do? wonder why she wasn't famous. She said my name is Cyrock, you're confused on what my aim is. I do this not for recognition, but to change my folks' position. This is less than one who so wants to hold your tongue and start to listen. You are the lost tribe, wanders from the light. Sent to conquer universes, turn the wrongness to right. The uncivilized have an envious eye. They plotted your demise based on treachery and lies You lost your culture and the jewels that you came with They learned your alchemy and they used it to make a name with Became the false gods while the real ones suffered The Jews became dull and over time they lost their luster You forgot the mission and got tricked into submission Now the elders sent me here to resurrect the beats and rhythms This is your movement and it can never be stopped It's the spirit of our people given the name of hip hop
4: I'll
5: Joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariam Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is Tetragrammaton in the lexicon. Tetragrammaton. In the lexicon, as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed, we're going to start off in the praise up, starting off in Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Exodus 3.14 And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. John 4.24 God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Isaiah 41.4 Who hath wrath and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. John 1.14 And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of only the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Psalms 68.4 Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And Exodus 6. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to the Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them, to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein there were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, I say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for people. And I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you for a heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me? Who am I of uncircumcised lips?' And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto the Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Moses spake before the Lord, the Tetragrammaton. In the lexicon, we're going to come back with tonight's theme. We're going to take a music moment, blessings, and grace.
6: From the rising of the sun that started the so we are give tongues from day to day ah, Till Eden, them can't conquer we Them can't define with destiny Them can't stop what God planned for we Wake up another day not struggle Hungry I tell me say a part of a bubble. The gas done a sudden, yeah, can't even get a thing for borrow from a cousin. Every problem come no one time when we can't even find a final time. Started us I the A child wanna guide the way. So we have to give thanks from day to day. Ah, so tell Eden, them can't conquer way. Them can't define with destiny. Them can't stop what God planned through way. Ah, so me a- thanks to the struggles and testing Still I on trust and I wait for my blessing Rumors have spread but I'm still progressing Now complain me, I call it a lesson My daddy, daddy, when I'm on my knees And I worry about nothing, that will provide for me And all that he'll provide Destiny, we are give thanks, God. Provide Them can't what God plans the way. We are give thanks, God. Provide Them can't what God plans the way. We are give thanks, God. Back on my front and my side All, over. All over.
7: They won't be the same
8: And be back at your best Cause yeah, it burned, but look what we learned Each and every one of us now Like, hey, yo, fuck the rest Let me focus and do my best no more distractions gratitude is satisfaction time is on my side I give thanks when I rise do better than the day before release stay open to explore the wisdom implementing the aim aim grace is a gift that has taught me in her favor surrounded by lilies and lavender and bamboo trees I recognize my moments now than later because all Gotta get my coins up, gotta make my mama proud Wanna get some new jeans, going downtown for a while Visioning falafel with tahini and avocado Then if you arriving to scoop me up Hopped into with melons in my cup on go, I feel it slow but it up so we back She moving so fast Ascension had us on blast The most important thing, if any, I've learned in my teen years Is simply drink my water and keep your thoughts clear I found it hella liberating to motivate myself and break all barriers i had created embrace that you can't waste build up on all that hey young girl you're amazing and yes too, you are amazing too won't deny the truth i want to hear the youth laugh cause they hold the proof that here lays our greatest blooms water them seeds water them seeds Water them seeds, they'll sprout up to be all that you need. You'll see it bloom, 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 bloom. bloom, bloom, bloom. Bada, bloom. You'll see it bloom. Water them seeds, that's Grace's gift.
5: Blessings and Grace, and I'm back with tonight's theme. Tetragrammaton in the lexicon. Now, a lexicon is a book containing an alphabetical arrangement of words in a language and their definitions, the vocabulary of a language, an individual speaker or a group of speakers or a subject. And tetragrammaton, the four Hebrew letters, the mystic number four, usually transliterated as Y-H-W-H or J-H-V-H that form a biblical proper name of the Most High, such as Yahweh. Tetragrammaton is a Greek word from the 1400s. It means the word of four letters from tetra, meaning four, and gramma, meaning letter. The four Hebrew letters, the four characters, are the four Hebrew letters that correspond with YHWH and are transliterated as Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of the Almighty Father in Heaven that people commonly call the Lord or God. The reason we see Lord and God in our Bibles is because of a Jewish tradition that the name Yahweh was not to be spoken for the fear that the name be blasphemed. However, the scriptures declare that his name shall be exalted in Psalm 68, 4. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. And the third commandment, forbids this practice. And that's Deuteronomy 5.11. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now, the preface of some Bibles sometimes will admit that they change his name, and nearly all will cite tradition and familiarity as the reason. The Tetragrammaton has been found in the 2,000-year-old Dead Sea Scrolls, as well in ancient copies of the Greek Septuagint. The Tetragrammaton, referred to in rabbinic literature as Hashem, the name, or Shem Hamapharash, the special name, is the word used to refer to the four lettered word Yodhe Vah. That is the name for the most high used in the Hebrew Bible. The name which some people pronounce as Yahweh and others as Jehovah appears five thousand four hundred and ten times in the Bible and one thousand four hundred and nineteen of those in the Torah. It is unclear. What the original pronunciation of the word was due to the long-standing Jewish prohibition on speaking the Most High's name aloud. Instead, a variety of pseudonyms are used, such as Adonai, Lord, Elohim, God, and Hashem, the name. The four letters of the Tetragrammaton form the root meaning to be, and some have understood the original meaning to be he who is or he who brings being into being. Now the origin of the taboo on pronouncing the Most High's name aloud, some attributed to a temple practice in which only the high priest was allowed to utter the name and only when in temple and reciting the priestly blessing. Some Jews and non-Jews have suggested that the name itself has magical power, an idea that Maimonides dismissed, but that is embraced in some Kabbalistic Jewish mystical texts. Yahweh, the God of the Israelites whose name was revealed to Moses as four Hebrew consonants, Y-H-W-H, called the Tetragrammaton, After the Babylonian exile, and especially from the 3rd century on, Jews ceased to use the name Yahweh for two reasons. As Judaism became a universal rather than merely local religion, the more common noun Elohim, meaning God, tended to replace Yahweh to demonstrate the universal sovereignty of Israel's God over all others. At the same time, the divine name was increasingly regarded as too sacred to be uttered, and it was thus replaced vocally in the synagogue ritual by the Hebrew word Adonai, my Lord, which was translated as Kyrios, Lord, in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Hebrew scriptures. The Masoretists, who from about the 6th to the 10th century worked to reproduce the original text of the Hebrew Bible, replaced the vowel. Of the name YHWH with the vowel signs of the Hebrew words Adonai or Elohim. Latin speaking Christian scholars substituted the Y, which does not exist in Latin, with an I or a J, the latter of which exists in Latin as the variant form of I. So the tetragrammaton became the artificial. Latinized name Jehovah. As the use of the name spread throughout medieval Europe, the initial letter J was pronounced according to the local vernacular language rather than Latin. And although Christian scholars after the Renaissance and Reformation periods used the term Jehovah for YHWH, in the 19th and 20th centuries, biblical scholars began to use the form Yahweh. Early Christian writers in the second century had used a form like Yahweh, and this pronunciation of the Tetragrammaton was really never lost. Many Greek transcriptions also indicate that YHWH should be pronounced Yahweh. The meaning of the personal name of the Most High has been variously interpreted. Many scholars believe that the most proper meaning may be, he brings into existence whatever exists. Yahweh Asher Yahweh. In First Samuel, the Most High is known by the name Yahweh Teva'at, or he brings the host into existence. The host possibly referring to the heavenly court, or to Israel. Now let's pull back a layer and talk about the Urim and the Thummim. There are many different accounts of the Urim and the Thummim, but it was a device that was used by the high priest to communicate with the most high. And the device consisted of 12 crystals that worked with sound light and color gemstones and crystals are used in communication harmonics to amplify energy and to shift grids. Urim and Thummim are generally translated as lights and perfections or revelation and truth, were a scrying medium or a divination process used by the ancient Hebrews, usually Israelites, in revealing the will of the Most High on a contested point of view or other problem. According to the teachings of Judaism, a small parchment with the Most High's holy name, the Tetragrammaton, inscribed on it, was slipped into an opening under the Urim and Thummim on the high priest's breastplate, which caused the breastplate to glow and thereby transmit messages from the Most High to the children of Israel. The Urim and the Thummim it's also thought to be a Hebrew oracular device, and it's used in the following manner. The twelve stones in the breastplate, with their bright colors, were of great importance. In the oracular sentences of the high priest, who by means of these stones made the Urim and the Thummim exercise their functions, and this is according to Ginsberg, Legends of the Jews. Some scholars have suggested that the Urim and the thummim consisted of two crystals. However, the precise nature of the medium is unknown to most secular scholars. According to the Hebrew Bible, stones used for the Urim and thummim were kept in the breastplate of Aaron, the brother of Moses. The earliest reference to the Urim and thummim in the Hebrew Bible is that Aaron carried them with him as a high priest, and many scholars believed Urim and Thummim were originally stones that resided in the breastplate with other precious stones of the Jewish high priest's ceremonial clothing when he officiated in the tabernacle or temple. Upon the death of Aaron and Moses, Joshua was instructed to present himself to the high priest for the counsel of the Urim and Thummim when he wished to consult the Most High. This was in contrast to Moses, who was believed to speak to the Most High directly, and indicated that Joshua would not normally receive direct revelation. The last agreed upon reference to the Urim and the Thummim in the Bible is in Ezra and Nehemiah, when as the temple and its worship practices are being restored, Those who cannot prove their lineage as priests are commanded to wait for a priest with Urim and Thummim to identify them. Masonic legend states and Kabbalistic tradition states that Urim and Thummim were part of the recovered artifacts taken from Solomon's temple after Hiram of was murdered while protecting the temple treasury. According to the legend, Urim and Thummim were other recovered treasures were placed back in the temple treasury. And Yale University, Yale's coat of arms, is the biblical Hebrew Urim and Thummim. It is emblazoned across the open book picture on the Yale Shield, a legacy of Yale College president Ezra Stiles. It is translated in Latin on the banner below as Lux Est Veritas light, and truth. Now, Metatron is the name of an angel in Judaism and some branches of Christian mythology. There are no references to him in the Jewish Tanaka or the Christian scriptures, the New or Old Testament, although he is mentioned in a few brief passages in the Talmud. Metatron appears primarily in medieval Jewish mystical texts, and other post-scriptural, esoteric, and occult sources. In the rabbinic tradition, he is the highest of the angels and serves as the celestial scribe. In Egyptian mythology, Metatron was Thoth, the scribe. There is no consensus as to the genesis or the role he plays in the hierarchy of heaven. A mysterious figure, Metatron is identified with the term Lesser YHVH, which is the Lesser Tetragrammaton, in its Talmudic version. The word Metatron is numerically equivalent to the Shaddai, according to Hebrew Gematria. Therefore, he is said to have a name like his master. According to one school of thought, Enoch was taken by the Most High and transformed into Metatron. Explaining the mysterious passage, Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more, because God took him away. In Genesis 5.24, Metatron is also mentioned in the pseudo most prominently in the Hebrew book of Enoch, also called Third Enoch, in which his grand title, the lesser YHVH, resurfaces. In researching the Tetragrammaton, I turned to the Jewish Encyclopedia and I found this passage so very interesting under the title Tetragrammaton. It says here, the physicians who were half magicians made special effort to learn this name, which was believed to possess marvelous powers of healing. And then under a title section, Church Fathers and Magic Papyri. The cures or the exorcisms of demons in the name of Yeshua, which are mentioned in the New Testament and the Talmud, imply that Yeshua was regarded as a god and that his name was considered as efficacious as the Tetragrammaton itself, for which it was even substituted. It was in connection with magic that the Tetragrammaton was introduced into the magic papyri, and in all probability, into the writings of the Church Fathers. These two sources containing the following forms, written in Greek letters, and three forms quoted under three ways of writing the same word. The mystic quadrilateral name was well known to the Gnostics and is shown by the fact that the third of the eight eons of their systems of the creation was called the unpronounced, the fourth, the invisible, and the seventh, the unnamed, terms which are merely designations of the Tetragrammaton. Even the Palestinian Jews had inscribed the letters of the name on amulets, and in view of the frequency which with the appellations of the foreign deities were employed in magic, it was but natural that the heathen magicians should show a special preference for this great and holy name, knowing its pronunciation as the, as they knew the names of their own deities. So this name has been taken and used by magicians, the ones that think they know. But the most high can still delineate and define and categorize who he wishes to be in contact with. So I found all of this fascinating. And so this led me to the select sentences of Sextus, the Pythagorean, which says, To neglect the things of the smallest consequence is not the least thing in human life. The wise man and the despiser of wealth resemble God. Do not investigate the name of the Most High because you will not find it. For everything which is called by a name receives its appellation from that which is more worthy than itself. So that it is one person that calls and another that hears. Who is it therefore that has given a name to the Most High. The Most High, however, is not a name to God, but an indication of what we conceive of Him. The Most High is a light, incapable of receiving its contrary, darkness. You have in yourself something similar to the Most High, and therefore use yourself as the temple of God. On account of that, which in you resembles the Most High? Honor the Most High above all things, that he may rule over you. Whatever you honor above all things, that which you so honor will have dominion over you. But if you give yourself to the domination of the Most High, you will thus have dominion over all things. The greatest honor which can be paid to the Most High, is to know and imitate Him. There is not anything, indeed, which wholly resembles the Most High. Nevertheless, the imitation of Him, as much as possible, by an inferior nature, is grateful to Him. The Most High, indeed, is not in want of anything, but the wise man is in want of the Most High alone. He, therefore, who is in want but of few things and those necessary, emulates him who is in want of nothing. Endeavor to be great in the estimation of divinity, but among men, avoid envy. The wise man whose estimation with men was but small while he was living will be renowned when he is dead. Consider all the time to be lost to you in which you do not think of divinity. A good intellect is the choir of divinity. A bad intellect is the choir of evil demons. Honor that which is just on this very account that it is just. You will not be concealed from divinity when you act unjustly not even when you think of doing so. The foundation of piety is continence, but the summit of piety is the love of the Most High. Wish that what is expedient and not what is pleasing may happen to you, such as you wish your neighbor to be to you, such also be to your neighbor. That which the Most High gives you No one can take away. Neither do nor even think of that which you are not willing. The Most High should know. Before you do anything, think of the Most High. That His light may precede your energies, recognize what the Most High is and what that is in you which recognizes the Most High. It is not death, but a bad life that destroys the soul. If you know him by whom you were made, you will know yourself. It is not possible for a man to live conformable to divinity unless he acts modestly, well, and justly. Divine wisdom is true science. You should not dare to speak of the Most High to an impure soul. The wise man follows the Most High, and the Most High follows the soul of the wise man. A king rejoices in those whom he governs, and therefore the Most High rejoices in the wise man. He who governs likewise is inseparable from those who he governs, and therefore the Most High is inseparable from the soul of the wise man, which he defends and governs. The wise man is governed by the Most High and on this account is blessed. A scientific knowledge of the Most High causes a man to use few words. To use many words when speaking of the Most High produces an ignorance of the Most High. The man who possesses a knowledge of God will not be very ambitious. The Erudite, chaste, and wise soul is the prophet of the truth of the Most High. Accustom yourself always to look to divinity. A wise intellect is the mirror of the Most High God. You have in yourself something similar to the Most High. Therefore, use yourself as the temple of the Most High. These were referenced from the select sentences of Sextus, the Pythagorean. So now Tetragrammaton is in your lexicon. Blessings and grace. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the Go and Gnosis. Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the go and gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. Starting off with TheGuardian.com, Trump's private talks with Putin may contain clues to his Russia romance. Democrats say Trump's attempts to conceal his conversations with the Russian leader raises questions about his motivations. Since Donald Trump was sworn in as president, he has met with Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin five times. The details of their conversations remain unknown to the public and in most cases even to senior administration officials. Democrats and Congress are now demanding even more details of communications between the two leaders. Secrecy surrounds such meetings, they say, raises fresh questions about the nature of Trump's relationship with Putin at a time when his ties to Russia are the subject of several investigations. The meetings with Putin are not the only subject of such democratic demands. House leaders left little room for doubt this week that they will utilize their newly minted majority to cast a wide net around the president, his family, and their businesses. The Judiciary Committee issued document requests to 81 individuals and entities seeking information on everything from contacts between Trump aides and Moscow to hush money payments to women and possible obstruction of justice. It all came a week after Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, testified before Congress and implicated the president in alleged criminal activities spanning decades. Nonetheless, according to some national security experts, when it comes to uncovering the motivations behind the president's desire for closer relations with the Kremlin and the complex web of contacts between his associates and Moscow, few interactions might be more consequential than those between Trump and Putin. What kind of things are being discussed that the president does not want to share, said Stephen Pfeiffer, a former U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine who served on Bill Clinton's National Security Council as a senior director for Russia, Ukraine, and Eurasia. Is he discussing Trump Tower? What's the basis for the discussion? We just don't know. I don't know why the president doesn't have a note taker, that would be the best way to send off any suspicions that something untoward has been done. In fact, translators have been present at meetings between Trump and Putin, in such as in Hamburg in 2017 and in Helsinki last year, but it has been reported that the president has taken unusual steps to keep their notes private. Moving forward on ScottishLegal.com, President Trump increases indefinite detention facilities at Guantanamo Bay. President Trump is increasing indefinite detention facilities at Guantanamo Bay, it has been revealed. Middle East Eye and the Miami Herald report that administrators for the detention camp have sought to identify potential contractors for a new 5,000-square-foot prison compound at Guantanamo. This compound will apparently include three handicapped, accessible prison cells, suggesting that President Trump plans to keep detainees, the vast majority whom are currently held without charge or trial, at the prison well into old age. There are currently 40 men still held at Guantanamo. Five still held there have been cleared for release, but five remain detained. Guantanamo's oldest inmate is 71-year-old, Safula Paracha. He has had two heart attacks and suffers from diabetes, coronary artery disease, hyperlipidemia, diverticulosis, and gout. He has been detained for 14 years without charge or trial. President Trump has threatened to send more people to Guantanamo. He campaigned on a promise to load Guantanamo up with bad dudes, and he has since made clear that sending them to Guantanamo remains an option for the administrator's counterterrorism policy. Reprieve recently released a report about a controversial PRB system designed to clear men for release, which revealed that there is currently no way out of Guantanamo for those detained there. Reprieve's director Maya Foa said, building wheelchair-accessible prison cells at Guantanamo paints a deeply chilling picture. President Trump appears to be planning to detain men the vast majority of whom have never been charged with a crime or face the trial until they die. Indefinite detention has no place in a democratic society. These men who have been cleared for release must be returned home and the prison should be shut once and for all. Prayers to the ones that are detained without any type of counsel or trial, that all is revealed in this time of revelation and changes for good and justice happen in Yeshua's name. And moving forward to NBCBayArea.com. Americans will need a visa for European travel beginning in 2020. Americans will not need a visa to enter the UK or Ireland. For Americans accustomed to just booking and going when it comes to European travel, an additional step will soon require some additional planning. In two years, most European Union countries will begin implementing a new travel visa as a requirement for U.S. citizens and citizens from 59 other countries to enter. The visa website cited concerns over illegal migration and terrorism as the reasons for the increased security measures. Currently, Americans traveling to Europe for 90 days or less don't need a visa. Beginning January 21st, 2021, all Americans looking to travel to a European Shenzhen zone country including France, Italy, Portugal, Spain, and others, will need an ETIAS, European Travel Information and Authorization System Authorization. This includes minors. For those who have never had to get a visa, a visa is an endorsement placed within a passport that grants the holder official permission to enter, leave or stay in a country, for a specified time period. In order to get one, you'll need a valid passport, credit or debit card, and an email account. The visa is valid for three years and is multi-entry, so you don't need to apply every time you want to visit. Obtaining the ETIAS visa should be affordable, simple, and fast, with an estimated one-time cost of just seven euros or eight dollars according to a press release from the European Commission. Completing the online application should not take more than 10 minutes, with automatic approval being given over 95% of the cases, the release said. Moving forward onto the NewYorkTimes.com, the Trump administration steps up air war in Somalia. The American military has escalated a battle against the Shabbat, an extremist group affiliated with al-Qaeda. In Somalia, even as President Trump seeks to scale back operations against similar Islamist insurgences elsewhere in the world from Syria and Afghanistan to West Africa, a surge of American airstrikes over the last four months of 2018 pushed the annual death toll of suspected Shabaab fighters in Somalia to the record high in three years. Last year, the strikes killed 326 people and 47 disclosed attacks, Defense Department data shows. And so far this year, the intensity is on a pace to eclipse the 2018 record. During January and February, the United States Africa Command reported killing 225 people in 24 airstrikes in Somalia. The United States Africa Command. What a name. Double-digit death tolls are becoming routine, including a bloody five-day stretch in late February in which the military disclosed that it had killed 30, 20, and 26 people in three separate attacks, Africa Command maintains that its death toll includes only Shabaab militants, even though the extremist group claims regularly that civilians are also killed. The Times could not independently verify the number of civilians killed. The rise in airstrikes has also exacerbated a humanitarian crisis in the country. According to the United Nations, Agencies and non-governmental organizations working in the region as civilians are displaced by conflict and extreme weather. People need to pay attention to the fact that this that there is a massive war going on, said Brittany Brown, who worked on Somalia policy at the National Security Council in the Obama and Trump administrations and is now the chief of staff of the International Crisis Group, a non-profit organization focused on deadly conflicts. The war in Somalia appears to be on autopilot, she added, and one thing that is drawing the United States significantly deeper into an armed conflict without much public debate. Moving forward, on FoxBusiness.com, FDA lifts ban on genetically modified salmon. The Food and Drug Administration has lifted its import ban on a brand of genetically modified salmon after Congress blocked the fish from coming to the United States until the agency finalized its labeling guidelines to inform consumers about what they were eating. The salmon, which has been dubbed by some as Frankenfish, is the creation of Manyard. Massachusetts-based biotechnology company, Aqua Bounty Technologies. By using a growth hormone-regulating gene from Pacific Chinook salmon, along with a promoter gene from an ocean pout, an eel-like marine animal, the company figured out a way to grow genetically modified Atlantic salmon year-round instead of only during the spring and summer. The fish first won FDA approval in 2015, which was the first approval of a genetically engineered G.E. animal intended for food use by the agency. However, in 2016, Congress later blocked the FDA from allowing the fish to be sold to the U.S. until it finalized its labeling guidelines, alerting consumers that the fish has been altered. Additionally, that year, Congress also passed a law that directed the United States Department of Agriculture to to set a national mandatory standard for disclosing bioengineered foods. On Friday, outgoing FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb released a statement saying it has taken the important steps to provide labeling guidelines regulated to the GE salmon. GE, that's what it's called, genetically engineered, GE salmon, and is officially deactivating the 2016 import alert that prevented the salmon from entering the U.S. With the deactivation of the import alert, Aqua Advantage salmon eggs can now be imported to the company's contained grow-out facility in Indiana to be raised into salmon for food, as was determined during the FDA's 2015 review this fish is safe to eat the genetic construct added to the fish's genome is safe for the animal and the manufacturers claim that it reaches a growth marker important to the aquaculture industry is more rapidly than its non-ge farm-raised atlanta salmon counterpart is confirmed kotli said in a statement what's more the FDA said it analyzed the potential impact the genetically modified salmon would have on the environment and it found no significant impact. The FDA, who has way too much power, way too much power and say, (laughs) has analyzed the potential impact of the genetically modified salmon would have on the environment And the FDA found it would have no significant impact. The FDA's move also comes despite a pending lawsuit filed by a coalition of consumer, environmental, and fishing groups that are challenging the agency's approval. So blessings and prayers sent to the lawsuits that are filed by the Coalition of Consumer, Environmental, and Fishing Groups that are challenging the FDA's approval. Moving forward on scmp.com, the South China Morning Post, striking for the future from Australia to Japan to India. Youths will skip school on March 15th to protest against climate change. Students from at least Six Asian countries will take part in global strike for future, but authorities in some countries have warned students not to disrupt classes. On March 15th, students from at least six countries in the Asia-Pacific will be part of a global school strike to demand concrete action from governments to tackle climate change. They come from secondary schools and universities in Australia Bangladesh, India, Japan, New Zealand, and South Korea, and will join their peers in the Americas and Europe to take part in the global strike for future. We are the ones who will inherit this earth. We deserve to have a say about what kind of future we have, which at this stage could be non-existent unless we stand up and show the politicians how important this is to us, said 18-year-old Sophie Hanford, who has completed high school and is coordinating the strikes in New Zealand. The protest comes a month after about 10,000 youngsters staged a nationwide school strike across 60 cities in Britain, showing how a grassroots movement inspired by a Swedish girl last summer had taken off. The youth movement has caught the attention of climate scientists worldwide, who have written a letter of support For the Young Strikers published in The Guardian. Moving forward on futurism.com, new Senate bill would legalize marijuana nationwide. It would also expunge criminal records related to weed. For the second time, Senator Cory Booker announced a bill to make recreational marijuana use legal across the entire United States. The Marijuana Justice Act which Booker and the representatives Barbara Lee and Ro Kahana announced on Thursday would not only legalize marijuana, but also retroactively erase marijuana-possession charges from Americans' criminal records, according to Rolling Stone, a monumental shift in the United States drug policy. The new bill would allow people currently in prison for possession— To appeal for resentencing, people who already served time would have their criminal records expunged, according to Rolling Stone. It's not enough to simply decriminalize marijuana. We must also repair the damage caused by reinvesting in those communities that have been most harmed by the war on drugs, Booker said in a statement sent to Rolling Stone. And we must expunge the records of those who have served their time the end we seek is not just legalization, it's justice. And lastly, on CommonDreams.org, nearly 1.4 million Puerto Ricans facing dangerous food stamp cuts as Trump and Congress fail to act. The fact that we've had to reduce benefits to those that need it the most is alarming. Puerto Ricans are being treated unequally, and that is unfair. With hurricane relief funding stalled in Congress due to the opposition from the Trump administration, Puerto Rico has reportedly started slashing food stamps. Puerto Rico has reportedly started slashing food stamps in an attempt to preserve the life-saving program. The move could harm as many as 1.4 million Puerto Ricans including hundreds of thousands of children and elderly people. This is not about politics. This is literally about people's lives and their ability to feed their children and their elders in Puerto Rico. Carmen Yulin Cruz, the mayor of San Juan, told The Washington Post, the need is still there. Senator Bernie Sanders issued an urgent call for congressional action in response to the news of the cuts. Puerto Rico needs food assistance funding due to the hurricanes which devastated the island. Some 1.4 million United States citizens will face large cuts to their food assistance benefits. 230,000. 230,000 will lose benefits entirely. Sanders tweeted, We must act now to end this crisis. The reduction in food stamp assistance come just a month after the Trump administration dismissed as excessive and unnecessary. House Democrats plan to provide $600 million in funding for Puerto Rico's nutritional assistance program, NAP. According to The Post, the White House is now backing a broad Republican proposal that includes the $600 million in food stamp aid to Puerto Rico, but there is no vote scheduled on the measure. Pray for there to be a scheduled vote on this measure. Puerto Rico's food stamp program is uniquely dependent on periodic help from Congress, though the island does not have a voting representative in either the House or Senate or a say and presidential elections, the Post reported. Even if approved by Congress, the additional $600 million allocation would only fund the island's food stamp program until September 2019. According to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, CBPP, more than 300,000 children could be affected by the food stamp cuts. The fact that we've had to reduce benefits to those that need it the most is alarming. Georgia Laws Garcia, deputy director of the Puerto Rico Federal Affairs Administration, told BuzzFeed, Puerto Ricans are being treated unfairly and unequally, and that is unfair. In Yeshua's name, pray for Puerto Rico that all is clear and made way and funding is made and technology and help is on the way. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace.
9: Don't get you slipping now. This is America. Don't get you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't get you slipping up. Don't get you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't get you slipping up. Don't get you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't get you slipping up. Don't get you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't catch you slippin' now. Don't catch you slipping now. No. Look what I'm whippin' up. No. This is America. Don't catch you slippin' on. No. Look how I'm living now. Police be trippin' now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry on. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla War Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bed Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold, like, yeah I'm so dull, like, yeah Woo. We gon' low, like, yeah Don't catch you slipping, no Look what I'm whipping, though <laughs> This is a miracle yeah, yeah. Don't got you slipping, no hey. Don't catch you slipping, no hey. Look what I'm whipping, no hey. Look how I'm gigging up, I'm so pretty, I'm on Gucci, I'm so pretty, I'm gonna get it, this is Sally that's a tool, on my Kodak, ooh, bang. ooh know that, ooh, yeah. On bands, on bands, 100 bands. your band, contraband, 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 contraband. I got the plug on Wahaka. Whoa, they're gonna find you like.
10: As you look up another body in the streets Live up, live up, we have no time for stop our people no, Now
7: began as the African drumbeat and plantation song ignored and then suppressed. I
11: think you for it.
7: You might have something going for him. You all a part of tomorrow. Where did you get your ideas from? Ideas?
2: 52 not, not that you do here. the That the What is the relationship between all the new material in your program? really? you in the band at the moment. compose very much. Are you planning any larger work right now? Well, I just finished the marathon. I just finished the, 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 the second. They those, they know, they be a big of the people buying because they are told to buy. And they cannot buy what is not pressed. There's no man
9: They have not how many millions of friends. And the now you buy them. There's no
0: relationship to music. Really.
5: Blessings and grace, and welcome to technology. Starting off on nextgov.com, the Army is all in on innovative startups, but it will likely rely on tried and true contractors to get the tech over the finish line. Lieutenant General Eric Wesley told South by Southwest the Pentagon is increasingly embracing the startup community as means to expand its technological arsenal. But traditional defense contractors could still be the ones putting most of those new tools into practice, according to top military brass. In August, the Army stood up the Futures Command, a four-star unit charged with overseeing the service's decade-long modernization effort, with a 500-person staff and an annual budget of $100 million. The group will work to build state-of-the-art weaponry, vehicles, and communication networks. Central to that mission is working with the small companies on the bleeding edge of artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and other emerging technologies, said Lieutenant General Eric Wesley, director of the Army Futures And Concept Center and Deputy Commander of the Futures Command. We want to be part of this ecosystem, and so we're embedding ourselves into it, Wesley said Friday at the South by Southwest Festival, speaking just a few blocks from the Austin based Startup Incubator where Army Futures set up shop. The startup company is the group we most need to be engaging with, but while Those companies might be pushing the limits of today's tech. They often find themselves stymied by government's laborious acquisition process, he said. As such, the Army will need help from its usual business partners to adopt those new tools, according to Wesley. At less than a year old, the command has yet to fully transition any tech to commercial use. But Wesley outlined a few paths that process could take. After the Army identifies the technology it wants to acquire, a larger contractor could immediately buy it off the startup and develop it for military use, he said. With particularly small companies, Wesley told NextGov, that is probably the most realistic option. If the company doesn't want to give up control, he said, they could further develop a prototype with the help the future command and eventually partner with a larger contractor who can help them scale and scale the tech across the enterprise. The Army is open to exploring options where the company goes the distance itself, he said, but the strategy will require a thorough assessment of the company's ability to grow. There are multiple variations of how we can integrate the ideas, Wesley said, but the most important thing is though, is getting the idea and finding a mechanism that the patent owner is good with. So the army is trying to work with startups. Not trying, looking forward to, planning on, working with startups. And moving forward on net. Universal Studios is chipping their soda cups to limit refills. A room at Universal Studios Florida Hotel tonight will cost you $197 to $536 plus admission tickets to the park. But make sure that you do all your soda drinking in one compact session because Universal has deployed the creepily named ValidFill RFID system. Valid fill RFID system, which limits your self-service. It limits your self-service soda refills to two hours after purchase. And after the time window expires, you are denied soda by a robot voice. So that's what's happening at Universal Studios. If you don't refill your drink within two hours, a robot will deny you a refill. And moving forward on Bloomberg.com, self-driving cars might kill auto insurance as we know it. Without humans to cause accidents, 90% of risk is removed. Insurers are scrambling to prepare. Dan Pete, a venture capitalist and entrepreneur in Southern California, was thinking of buying a Tesla Model X a few years ago until he called his insurance company and found out how much his premiums would rise. They quoted me $10,000 a year, Pete recalled. For all the concern over accidents involving driverless cars, including Telsa's troubles with its limited self-driving autopilot mode, it's easy to forget one of the supposed virtues of autonomous vehicles. They will make the roads safer. A sophisticated array of LiDAR, radar, and cameras is expected to be more adept at detecting trouble than our mortal eyes and ears, and computers never get drunk check Tinder, or fall asleep at the wheel. Pete Forty previously started a company called Hicksme, a provider of group health insurance. Now he wanted to launch a firm specializing in insurance for vehicles with automatic driving modes and eventually fully autonomous cars. His experience with the insurer of his old-fashioned, non-driverless car only confirmed the need. When the underwriters and actuaries price insurance on a new type of risk, Pete said, they charge more because they don't have enough data. With so few Model Xs on the road, its safety record was at best opaque. But Tesla, Inc. and other car makers collect reams of data on their vehicle's operation to improve automation. Pete said he realized we can get large amounts of data across entire fleets and be able to underwrite without having to wait for years of data from accidents after they've happened. It also enables an insurer to cut premiums for drivers the more they engage autonomous driving. On January 30th, Pete announced the creation of Avenue. With $5 million in seed funding led by Los Angeles Crosscut Ventures, its insurance product will monitor drivers' uses of autonomous features on cars made by companies, including Telsa, Nissan, Ford, and Cadillac, determining discounts based on how the feature is used. Avenue has agreements with most manufacturers and is working to tie up the rest, Pete said, allowing it to access driver data once a customer gives it permission. Nationwide is one insurance company that started thinking about this problem. Like Nationwide, Allstate is aggressively hiring experts in big data and analytics, according to its president of service businesses. Nationwide thinks the smoothest road ahead will be one in which insurers and automakers each have a hand on the wheel. We're working to build deeper relationships with car manufacturers, Sean said. Perhaps that means mergers on the horizon between insurers and automakers. Kraus of Accenture said those conversations are going on as we speak. Moving forward on futurism.com, Zuckerberg, Facebook is building a machine to read your thoughts. Would you let Facebook read your brain? According to CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook aims to access information about its users, not just through their smartphones and computers, but directly from their brains as well. In a recent interview at Harvard University with Harvard Law School professor about technology, the social giant is working on that could one day allow users to navigate menus or even type using their minds alone, wide reports. When Zitran challenged Zuckerberg on the invasiveness and the ethical implications of a Facebook mind-reading machine, the Silicon Valley CEO had a simple answer. Presumably, this would be something that someone would choose to use as a product. The concept is relatively simple. Smart objects can communicate with each other, but your brain is closed off from them. The solution, according to Zuckerberg, is a shower cap looking device that will read the signals in your brain and use them to unlock the data streams of your thought. Facebook has been testing such a brain computer interface for a number of years At its F8 Developers Conference in 2017, the company showed off what Facebook VP of Building, Regina Duggan, referred to as a brain mouse, a non-invasive brain interface that could one day allow users to control AR, augmented reality, applications. Zuckerberg's enthusiasm about that work is ironic because the company has lost a lot of trust among its users after years of bad press and repeated reports of privacy violations. Millions of Americans have left the social network in 2018. Facebook's future plans for a brain-computer interface seem oddly disconnected from that reality. And also on futurism.com, chemists grew a synthetic brain that stores memories in silver. One of its creators think it could usher in the post-human revolution. In the ongoing quest to build an artificial human brain, scientists from UCLA may have just taken a big step forward. While a real synthetic brain is still far away, a team of chemical engineers found out how to grow self-assembling circuitry that resembles the structure and the electrical activity of parts of a brain, according to ZDNet. A team of chemical engineers found out how to grow a self-assembling circuitry that resembles the structure and electrical activity of parts of a brain. According to ZDNet, the research is the pet project of UCLA chemical engineer James Gemczewski, who proclaimed that he wanted to create a synthetic brain back in 2012. I want to create a synthetic brain, Kimzuski wrote at the time. I want to create a machine that thinks, a machine that possesses physical intelligence. Such a system does not exist and promises to cause a revolution one might cause, the post-human revolution. Kaczynski and his team found that a grid of tightly packed copper posts when treated with silver nitrate, grew nanowires out in seemingly random directions that mirror the branching interconnect neurons found in a brain. On the atomic scale, the connections among the silver nanowires resemble synapses, which are the junctions at which the two neurons meet up and transmit signals among with each other. The way that the nanowires organize themselves mirror the sort of structures that would pop up during an MRI of a brain as it stores memories, according to ZDNet. When the network of wires is hit by an electrical signal, the nanowires seem to be organizing information, as a brain does, all on their own. When they are all combined, They start to talk to each other, Kaczynski told ZDNet. In a way, the whole circuitry comes alive in a sense in that every part is interacting with every other part, and there are other pathways in which we can establish stronger neuromorphic connections. In spite of his 2012 proclamation, Kaczynski now urges caution. It's dangerous to to directly correlate things like This is a brain, Kazimsi told ZDNet. It's exhibiting electrical characteristics which are very similar to a functional MRI of brains, similar to the electrical characteristics of neuronal cultures and also EEG patterns. So this chemist grew a synthetic brain that stores memory in silver. This is next level alchemy. Moving forward on BuzzFeedNews.com, the U.S. government will be scanning your face at 20 Top Airports document show. This is opening the door to an extraordinarily more intrusive and granular level of government control. In March 2017, President Trump issued an executive order expediting The deployment of biometric verification of the identities of all travelers crossing United States borders. That mandate stipulates facial recognition identification for 100 percent of all international passengers, including American citizens in the top 20 U.S. airports by 2021. Now the United States Department of Homeland Security is rushing to get those systems up and running at airports across the country, but it's doing so in the absence of proper vetting, regulatory safeguards, and what some privacy advocates argue is in defiance of the law. According to 346 pages of documents obtained by the nonprofit research organization Electronic Privacy Information Center, Shared exclusively with BuzzFeed News and made public on Monday as part of Sunshine Week, United States Custom and Border Protection is scrambling to implement this biometric entry exit system with the goal of using facial recognition technology on travelers aboard 16,300 flights per week or more than 100 million passengers traveling on international flights out of the United States in as little as two years to meet Trump's accelerated timeline from biometric system that initially been signed into law by the Obama administration. This despite questionable biometric confirmation rates and few, if any, legal guardrails. So this has been in play over Stan. These same documents state Explicitly, that there were no limits on how partnering airlines can use this facial recognition data. ZBP did not answer specific questions about whether there are guidelines for how other technology companies involved in processing the data can potentially also use it. It was only during a data privacy meeting last December that CBP made a sharp turn and limited participating companies from using this data, but it's unclear to what extent it has enforced this new rule. CBP did not explain what its current policies around data sharing of biometric information with participating companies and third-party firms are, but it did say that the agency retains photos for up to 14 days of non-U.S. citizens departing the country for evaluation of the technology and assurance of the accuracy of the algorithms, which implies such photos might be used for further training of its facial matching AI, artificial intelligence. Moving forward on BuzzFeedNews.com, France has recruited Facebook to help solve its anti-Semitism problem. Don't ask the Fox how to Take Care of the Chickens, one privacy advocate said about Facebook's cooperation with the French government. When French President Emmanuel Macron decided to combat hate speech online, he turned to the very person many blamed for its rapid spread, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. On Monday, a lawmaker for Macron's party said she would present a first draft of a bill to punish social media platforms that failed to quickly take down hate speech. France, home to the world's third largest Jewish population, is in the middle of what Macron has described as being the worst period of anti-Semitism since World War II, and much of it is playing out online. Calling for a collegial approach to regulation last November, Macron announced what he called an unprecedented field experiment an unprecedented field experiment with Zuckerberg to take French officials behind the scenes of content moderation process. After reviewing the tools Facebook uses to evaluate and take down offensive and violent content, Macron said policymakers would work with Facebook to jointly develop specific and concrete proposals to fight offensive content and hate content, The proposed law would put France on the front line of a global struggle to define who regulates the internet, local lawmakers or the giant American tech companies. It could influence the rest of Europe, where an avalanche of new rules for social media platforms is in the works. The UK is already considering a proposal along similar lines, and the European Union policymakers are working on rules to govern everything from copyright to content promoting terrorism. Each new regulation like this advances a massive power shift from courts to tech companies. Free speech advocates worry. The platform may fight specific regulations, sometimes aggressively, but critics say they actually leave them more powerful in the end. And as the number of rules continue to grow, the companies will push to automate censorship as much as possible. There is this extremely worrying tendency by politicians to try to delegate very complex laws on the Internet to private companies, said Julia Retta, a member of the European Union's parliament from Germany, who was a leading critic of content moderation regulation proposals now pending before the European Union. She continued, I think the largest players on the platform market actually have an interest in this being passed because it puts all the power in their hands. Moving forward to Afrotech.com, Energize Africa announces partnership to provide solar panels to African communities. Energize Africa is an initiative by UK-based online investment platform EFEX and is partnering with Azuri Technologies to give solar panels and access to electricity to low income families in Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, Zambia, and Tanzania. Azuri Technologies, also headquartered in the United Kingdom, builds solar products for sub Saharan communities. The company has provided products to 12 countries, helping provide energy to more than 750,000 Africans. Energize Africa and Azuri Technologies' partnerships work to curb some of the struggles associated with living with the lack of electricity, including access to the Internet, education, and improving one's quality of life. According to a 2018 Brookings report, 588 million people in sub-Saharan Africa did not have access to electricity in 2016. The report said that 71% of the residents in urban African communities have electricity. For rural communities, only 23% had power. In America, singer Akon has also made a name for herself in his efforts in bringing electricity to off-grid African communities as well. The initiative Akon Lighting Africa launched in 2014 to bring solar power to some of Africa's rural communities. Energize Africa and Azure Technologies are crowdsourced funding for their 2.5 million euro or 3.25 million dollar goal. In 2018, when the partnership was first announced, the organization raised 1.7 euro, which is 2.2 million dollars from UK investors. The funding was used to build products that later helped 100,000 Africa's rural populations. In the latest wave of the initiative, investors can contribute as little as 50 euros, about $65, through Energize Africa's website. Azuri is delighted to extend our partnership with Energize Africa and the community of UK based retail investors to finance off-grid solar projects. Azuri CEO Simon Bransville Garf said, with this innovative financing, thousands more households will be able to access modern solar energy for the first time. Blessings and praise to Azuri Technologies and Energize Africa, bringing these solar panels to all these different countries in Africa. We're gonna take a music moment and come back with urbanology. Blessings and Grace.
12: Juggle rough with the smooth Sometimes you win Sometimes you lose This twisting, turning, winding road No time to snooze Left or right Up or down It's time to choose Oh, twist
8: J blessings come my way and they sway
11: eat your greens before the green consumes you. Focused on the dollar and the dream until the body lets down on you. You say the care is hard to chew so you'd rather eat your junk food Stagnant frequency inside inside the the temple temple. Now it's affecting your mental mental, state of mind mind. Mind. It happens all the time time. You better eat your greens Greens, greens, greens greens. Asparagus Cucumber kale, and don't forget the collard greens Basil, oregano You know I love my avocado I'm in love with the cocoa, coconut Daylight comes told me I go pick a bunch of green banana boil it in a stew So you know I gotta add some callaloo
5: Eat your greens. Blessings and grace, and I'm back with Herbnology, and reporting from naturalnews.com, willow herb extracts may be able to curb the rise of multi-drug-resistant bacteria, willow herb extracts. Although antibiotics have helped humanity prevent bacterial infections in the short term, their overuse and misuse have spurred major health problems in the long term. Many infections have evolved resistant to antibiotics, giving rise to the dawn of superbugs. As a result, some scientists are turning to nature to address the problem of global antibiotic resistance. According to a new study published online in the journal Open Chemistry, willow herb extract could serve as an antidote in therapies against multi-drug-resistant bacteria. Antibiotic resistance is a major concern among health professionals and poses an existential threat to the public at large. In 1928, Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin. This led to the introduction of antibiotics, which helped reduce the number of deaths from infection. Unfortunately. The overuse of antibiotics fostered the development of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Many strains of bacteria are becoming resistant to even the most potent antibiotics, triggering deadly infections. Those infections account for nearly 23,000 deaths in the U.S. alone. The World Health Organization has noted that several common infections that plague humanity are fueled by antibiotic resistance, including urinary tract infections, pneumonia, and bloodstream infections. According to the WHO website, a high percentage of hospital-acquired infections are caused by highly resistant bacteria, such as MRSA, MRSA and multi-drug-resistant gram-negative bacteria. Antimicrobial resistance could be even more deadly than cancer by 2050, reports the Digital Journal. So going back to nature addresses the problem. In addressing the growing problem of of antibiotic resistance, nature may have the answer. A common known herb as willow herb could help mitigate antibiotic use and ease the severity of side effects and treatments against multi-drug-resistant microorganisms. In particular, a recent study suggests that the extract of willow herb in combination With conventional antimicrobials, could help increase the effectiveness of treatments against specific pathogens. Willow herb extract may be able to curb the rise of multi drug resistant bacteria. Look at the nature of the Most High. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace.
4: Put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands up. Put them up, put them up now. Open up your eyes and see, the truth will set you free. Embrace your identity, the truth will set you free. See, there's a lot of things that we just can't change what is happening. And in reality, we see by my fling. The only refuge are the king of kings. In life, one mother cry, the other night, another life lost in this man world. In life, one mother cry, the other night, another life lost in this man world. Open up your eyes and see. The truth will set you free Embrace your identity The truth will
2: set you free
4: Many innocent die We could change the world if we try In the blink of an eye So many innocent die We got to change it Yes we can do it If we put our hearts and minds to it We can rearrange it So let's do it And I know the righteous up to it Open up your eyes and see The truth will set you free Embrace your identity The truth will set you free This is a mad world This is a mad world This is a mad world This is a mad world. Open up your eyes and see, the truth will set you free. Embrace your identity, then shape your reality.
13: You talk about your Sunday right? yeah. You live You gotta channel that energy yeah. You gotta channel that energy You gotta fly free it You gotta be is who is you want me to be You gotta fly I yeah. feel yeah. This cosmic world You gotta channel that energy You, you gotta channel that energy this
9: up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried, that is what's going to open you up, that's what's going to give you the ability to escape, escape
5: your metaphysical mind, 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 mind. Blessings and grace, and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. Starting off with the metaphysical meaning of Yahweh, the original Hebrew form of Jehovah, It means the self-existent one who reveals himself to his creation and through his creation. Yahweh revealed himself to Yeshua as the father within. Yahweh revealed himself to Moses as I am that I am. Exodus 3.14 And Jehovah is Hebrew for he who is, who was, who will be manifest, the self-existent one. Ipseity, he who is eternal. In I am that I am, the absolute verb remains the same, but the prefix changes from manifestation to power. He to I, the word-for-word rendering of the original would be I am, I was, I will be because, I am, I was. I will be the power to be eternally I. Jehovah is one of God's names as given in the Bible, in the authorized version. It is translated as the Lord. In the American Standard Version, The name Jehovah is given where Jah occurs in the Hebrew text. Metaphysically, Moses says in Exodus 3, 14 and 15 that Jehovah told him that his name means, I am that I am. Hebrew students say that the original word is J-H-V-H, which means the ever-living male and female principle. Lee's Hebrew lexicon identifies this name with Christ as the manifestation of God that speaks to patriarchs and prophets. Yeshua confirms this in Matthew twenty-two, forty-two 42-45, where he reveals that the Christ existed before David, whose son he was supposed to be. In the Old Testament, the spiritual I am is symbolically described as Jehovah in the New Testament. It is called Christ. Creation originates and exists in divine mind, the Most High. In the creative process, divine mind first ideates itself. In the scripture, this ideal is named Jehovah, meaning I am, the ever-living, he who is eternal. The creation is carried forward. Through the activity of the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew Jehovah has been translated Lord. Lord means an external ruler. Bible students say that Jehovah means self existent one. Self existent one. Then instead of reading Lord, we should read I am. It makes a great difference whether we think that I am self-existent, is within. Or Lord, master, without. All scripture shows that Jehovah means just what God told Moses it meant. I am. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So whenever you read the word Lord, In scripture, say, I am instead, and you will get a clearer understanding of what Jehovah is. Jehovah Jireh means I am the provider. If we expect to demonstrate prosperity from without, we find it a slow process. But if we know that I am is the provider, we have the key to the inexhaustible resource. The Most High was also known to the Israelites as Jehovah Shalom, I am peace. We can demonstrate peace of mind by holding the words, I am peace. With the understanding that the real I am is Jehovah within us, But if we start any demonstration and try to apply the I am to personality, we fall short. This is frequently the cause of failure to get the desired results from the laws that all metaphysicians recognize as fundamentally true. The mind does not always comprehend I am in its highest. Neither does it discern that the all-knowing omnipotent one is within man this recognition must be cultivated and everyone should become conscious of the i am presence this consciousness will come through prayer and meditation on truth in truth there is but one i am jehovah the omnipotent i am If you take the word Jehovah Shalom into your mind and hold it with the thought of a mighty peace, you will feel a harmonizing stillness that no man can understand. It must be felt, realized, and acknowledged by your I Am before the Supreme I Am can pour out its power. After experiencing it, you will know that you have touched a divine something, but you cannot explain to another just what it is because you have gone beyond the realm of words and have made union with the cause side of existence. It is the quickening of your divinity through the power of the word. This divine nature is in us all, wanting to be brought into expression through our recognition of the power and the might of I Am. Jehovah Nisi is Hebrew for Jehovah is my high standard. Jehovah is my conspicuous sign. Jehovah is my banner. Jehovah is my admonisher. The name that Moses gave to the altar that he built on the hill where his hands were held up by Aaron and her, so that Joshua and the children of Israel might defeat the Amalekites. Jehovah here promised Moses, I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, and Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, and he said, Jehovah hath sworn, Exodus 17, 14 and 15. Metaphysically, I am recognized by the individual as his standard of right, as his elevating and overcoming power, his defense from and victory over all error or lesser ideals than the one divine perfection. Jehovah is my high standard. Jehovah is my banner. Jehovah hath sworn, and Jehovah Shema. Jehovah Shema is Hebrew for Jehovah is there. Jehovah is high. Jehovah designates. Jehovah is the great name. The name of the city that Ezekiel saw in his vision, in the text, it is called Jehovah is there. Jehovah Shamma Ezekiel forty eight thirty five. Metaphysically, Jehovah Shama is the realization by the perfected individual of the I am presence throughout his faculties and powers, throughout his consciousness and organism. The twelve tribes of Israel our real and true thoughts and activities shall then have been lifted up into complete possession of the land, the body. And El Shaddai, almighty. The Hebrew word El Elohe Israel, which means unto the God of Israel, Elohe, Elohim, God of Israel, mighty God of Israel, strength of the God of Israel, Elohim, He of Israel, the name of an altar that Jacob built on the ground that he bought from the children of Hamor, the father of Shechem, Genesis 33.20. Metaphysically, El Elohe Israel, The children of Hamar pertain to the earthly, carnal consciousness in man. The altar symbolizes the giving up of the mind of the flesh and individual consciousness to the spiritual. That the spiritual may prevail throughout and the Most High alone may be recognized. Thus Israel, the true spiritual thoughts, beliefs, and faculties may indeed become a prince, prevailing and ruling with the Most High, having power with both the Most High and man, that is, having power for good in every phase of the consciousness, from the very highest to the seemingly most material plane. An oak tree, metaphysically, An oak tree itself stands for something very strong and protective. But in Hebrew, it has a deeper significance than this. The word comes from the root, from which is derived the word Elohim. So we are reminded of the truth that those who trust the Most High as their defense, as their refuge, and their fortress and dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty and shall not only be kept from all evil and its results but also shall continue to grow and unfold in understanding in spirituality in every good the Hebrew word El Elah, Elan, and Allah all refer to the oak or terebinth, derived from the ideas of power, elevation, and expansion. The prefix al or el that begins the name Elohim, or better Elohim, comes from the same root, which characterizes the power of expansive movement, the power of extension, and is also the personal pronoun, he, which stands for the absolute. And Gideon. Gideon is Hebrew for cutter, mutilator, destroyer, tree feller. <laughs> the tree feller, the one who cuts the tree and causes it to fall. Impetuous, impetuous. Warrior, an Israelitish man, son of Joash, of the tribe of Manasseh, he was a judge of Israel, and was called Jeroboam, meaning contender with Baal. Judges six eleven, eight thirty five. Metaphysically, it means denial. Abraham dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, even so the angel of Jehovah, who came to Gideon and sat under the oak, and Gideon presented food to him there. Gideon, we read, was beating out wheat, dividing the true from the false. And when the angel of Jehovah appeared unto him and said, Jehovah is with thee, Gideon's answer to his heavenly visitor seems a natural one. Oh, my Lord, if Jehovah is with us, why then is all this befallen us? It is what millions of hearts have asked since the days of Gideon. We read that Jehovah looked upon him, brought him to his own presence, and said to him, Surely I will be with thee. Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. This reminds us of the wonderful words of the Hebrew blessing Jehovah lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Only the peace that is of the Most High can keep in man's heart and mind the knowledge of the Most High's protective power. The Most High also said to Gideon, Go in this thy might. The angel said to Mary, The power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. The power, we know, was the Holy Spirit. I can of myself do nothing but with God, with the Most High, all things are possible. The enemy against whom Gideon waged war was Midian, which means strife or contention, to many people, there is no other enemy that is so difficult to kill. Petty quarrels, jealousies, uncharitable thoughts, how they come back again and again. They can never be overcome except by positive denial made in the realization that no error has any power or reality of itself. This form of denial with an assurance of the power and love of the Most High will overcome all strife. The Midianites must be exterminated before we can possess the promised land in its entirety. We must smite the Midianites as one man, as impersonal evil, and consider that as a claim that never was and never shall be. In Judges 2.16-18 and in Judges 7.2-8, is a lesson in the development of judgment. In these days, many are worshipping or giving allegiance to materiality, to other goods than Jehovah, instead of being true to divine judgment. They hearken not unto their judges. From 32,000 men, Gideon, cutter-off, destroyer, signifying denial, selected only 300 with which to overcome the Mennonites because Gideon was working under the inspiration of divine judgment. Therefore, it was revealed to him that the forces that he was to use must have the power of discrimination and judgment. The forces he was to use must have the power of discrimination and judgment. The act of getting down on the hands and knees, and drinking from the brook indicates the lack of discrimination. People who are thus lacking mentally drink in everything that comes their way and thereby load their minds with all sorts of thoughts, good and bad and indifferent. Those who are represented as dipping the water up in their hands and drinking it use discrimination. They think about what they're doing and are safe executives. Dividing the 300 into three companies represents the sending forth of the word in spirit, mind and body. The trumpets represent the power of the word and the torches concealed in the pitches represent spiritual intelligence. The trained metaphysician applies the law of denial by first meditating upon a central thought of spiritual judgment. Then he realizes that spiritual judgment is throwing its spiritual light into his mind and dissipating all darkness and ignorance. He then speaks the word of victory. Truth destroys error and Jehovah reigns. I am that I am. The Tetragrammaton in the lexicon. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Uh I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies me, the music. DJ Bo, Waves. Bo Bounce Edit. Joseph Leimberg, Featuring Kamasi Washington. Interstellar Universe. Dr. Phil Valentine, Sun Ra Godspell. Wednesday Love, Cosmic Wonder. Moon in Scorpio Boogie, Thrice Groove, Turnaround, Kida, Mad World, F Soul, Greens, Maisie Blue, A Warm Reflection of Cool Hues, Clear Angel, Twists and Turns, DJ H Sounds, Flying Fearless, Xana Romeo, Wake Up, E Kenny, This Is America. Lisa Danger, Wise and Prudent. St. Germain, Rose Rouge. Joseph Limberg, featuring Jametta Rose. Echoes of One. Maisie Blue, Grace. Ronald Bruner Jr., featuring Thundercat. Take the Time. Sugar, Ja Will Provide. The Whitefield Brothers, featuring Bojka. Earthology, Rock 13th Planet Remix and John 9 Prosper. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still. Focus. Decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground. Build. Give. Peace, blessings, love, and grace to all.